chapter twelve of twenty-five sermons on the holy land this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by christopher smith twenty-five sermons on the holy land by thomas de witt talmage chapter twelve the philippian earthquake jails are dark dull damp loathsome places even now but they were worse in the apostolic times i imagine to-day we are standing in the philippian dungeon do you not feel the chill do you not hear the groan of the incarcerated ones who for ten years have not seen the sunlight and the deep sigh of women who remember their father's house and mourn over their wasted estates listen again it is the cough of a consumptive or the struggle of one in a nightmare of great horror you listen again and hear a culprit his chains rattling as he rolls over in his dreams and you say god pity the prisoner but there is another sound in that prison it is a song of joy and gladness what a place to sing in the music comes winding through the corridors of the prison and in all the dark wards the whisper is heard what's that what's that it is the song of paul and silas they cannot sleep they have been whipped very badly whipped the long gashes on their backs are bleeding yet they lie flat on the cold ground their feet fast in wooden sockets and of course they cannot sleep but they can sing jailer what are you doing with these people why have they been put here oh they have been trying to make the world better is that all that is all a pit for joseph a lion's cave for daniel a blazing furnace for shadrach clubs for john wesley an anathema for philip melanchthon a dungeon for paul and silas but while we are standing in the gloom of that philippian dungeon and we hear the mingling voices of sobs and groans and blasphemy and alleluia suddenly an earthquake the iron bars of the prison twist the pillars crack off the solid masonry begins to heave and rock till all the doors swing open and the walls fall with a terrible crash the jailer feeling himself responsible for these prisoners and feeling suicide to be honourable since brutus killed himself and cato killed himself and cassius killed himself put his sword to his own heart proposing with one strong keen thrust to put an end to his excitement and agitation but paul cries out stop stop do thyself no harm we are all here then i see the jailer running through the dust and amid the ruin of that prison and i see him throwing himself down at the feet of these prisoners crying out what shall i do what shall i do did paul answer get out of this place before there is another earthquake put handcuffs and hopples on these other prisoners lest they get away no word of that kind compact thrilling tremendous answer answer memorable all through earth and heaven believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved 
well we have read of the earthquake in lisbon in lima in aleppo and in caracas but we live in a latitude where in all our memory there has not been one severe volcanic disturbance and yet we have seen fifty earthquakes here is a man who has been building up a large fortune his bid on the money market was felt in all the cities he thinks he has got beyond all annoying rivalries in trade and he says to himself now i am free and safe from all possible perturbation but a national panic strikes the foundations of the commercial world and crash goes all that magnificent business establishment he is a man who has built up a very beautiful home his daughters have just come home from the seminary with diplomas of graduation his sons have started in life honest temperate and pure when the evening lights are struck there is a happy and an unbroken family circle but there has been an accident down at the beach the young man ventured too far out in the surf the telegraph hurled the terror up to the city an earthquake struck under the foundation of that beautiful home the piano closed the curtains dropped the laughter hushed crash go all those domestic hopes and prospects and expectations so my friends we have all felt the shaking down of some great trouble and there was a time when we were as much excited as this man of the text and we cried out as he did what shall i do what shall i do the same reply that the apostle made to him is appropriate to us believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved there are some documents of so little importance that you do not care to put any more than your last name under them or even your initials but there are some documents of so great importance that you write out your full name so the saviour in some parts of the bible is called lord and in other parts of the bible he is called jesus and in other parts of the bible he is called christ but that there might be no mistake about this passage all three names come in together the lord jesus christ now who is this being that you want me to trust in and believe in men sometimes come to me with credentials and certificates of good character but i cannot trust them there is some dishonesty in their looks that makes me know i shall be cheated if i confide in them you cannot put your heart's confidence in a man until you know what stuff he is made of and am i unreasonable this morning when i stop to ask you who is this that you want me to trust in no man would think of venturing his life on a vessel going out to sea that had never been inspected no you must have the certificate hung amidships telling how many tons it carries and how long ago it was built and who built it and you cannot expect me to risk the cargo of my immortal interests on board any craft till you tell me what it is made of and where it was made and what it is when then i ask you who this is you want me to trust in you tell me he was a very attractive person you tell me that the contemporary writers describe him and they give the colour of his eyes and the colour of his hair and they describe his whole appearance as being resplendent christ did not tell the little children to come to him suffer little children to come unto me was not spoken to the children it was spoken to the pharisees 
the children had come without any invitation no sooner did jesus appear than the little ones pitched from their mother's arms an avalanche of beauty and love into his lap suffer little children to come unto me that was addressed to the pharisees not to the children christ did not ask john to put his head down on his bosom john could not help but put his head there such eyes such cheeks such a chin such hair such physical condition and appearance why it must have been completely captivating and winsome i suppose to look at him was just to love him oh how attractive his manner why when they saw christ coming along the street they ran into their houses and they wrapped up their invalids as quick as they could and brought them out that he might look at them oh there was something so pleasant so inviting so cheering in everything he did in his very look when these sick ones were brought out did he say take away these sores do not trouble me with these leprosies no no there was a kind look there was a gentle word there was a healing touch they could not keep away from him in addition to this softness of character there was a fiery momentum how the old hypocrites trembled before him how the kings of the earth turned pale here is a plain man with a few sailors at his back coming off the sea of galilee going up to the palace of the caesars making that palace quake to the foundations and uttering a word of mercy and kindness which throbs through all the earth and through all the heavens and through all the ages oh he was a loving christ but it was not effeminacy or insipidity of character it was accompanied with majesty infinite and omnipotent lest the world should not realize his earnestness this christ mounts the cross you say if christ has to die why not let him take some deadly potion and lie on a couch in some bright and beautiful home if he must die let him expire amid all kindly attentions no the world must hear the hammers on the heads of the spikes the world must listen to the death rattle of the sufferer the world must feel his warm blood dropping on each cheek while it looks up into the face of his anguish and so the cross must be lifted and the hole is dug on the top of calvary it must be dug three feet deep and the cross is laid on the ground and the sufferer is stretched upon it and the nails are pounded through nerve and muscle and bone through the right hand through the left hand and then they shake his right hand to see if it is fast and they shake his left foot to see if it is fast and then they heave up the wood half a dozen shoulders under the weight and they put the end of the cross to the mouth of the hole and they plunge it in all the weight of his body coming down for the first time on the spikes and while some hold the cross upright others throw in the dirt and trample it down and trample it hard oh plant that tree well and thoroughly for it is to bear fruit such as no other tree ever bore why did christ endure it he could have taken those rocks and with them crushed his crucifiers he could have reached up and grasped the sword of the omnipotent god and with one clean cut have tumbled them into perdition but no he was to die he must die 
his life for my life his life for your life in one of the european cities a young man died on the scaffold for the crime of murder some time after the mother of this young man was dying and the priest came in and she made confession to the priest that she was the murderer and not her son in a moment of anger she had struck her husband a blow that slew him the son came suddenly into the room and was washing away the wounds and trying to resuscitate his father when someone looked through the window and saw him and supposed him to be the criminal that young man died for his own mother you say it was wonderful that he never exposed her but i tell you of a grander thing christ the son of god died not for his mother nor for his father but for his sworn enemies oh such a christ as that so loving so self-sacrificing can you not trust him i think there are many under the spirit of god who are saying i will trust him if you will only tell me how and the great question asked by thousands in this assemblage is how how and while i answer your question i look up and utter the prayer which roland hill so often uttered in the midst of his sermons master help how are you to trust in christ just as you trust any one you trust your partner in business with important things if a commercial house gives you a note payable three months hence you expect the payment of that note at the end of three months you have perfect confidence in their word and in their ability you go home today you expect there will be food on the table you have confidence in that now i ask you to have the same confidence in the lord jesus christ he says you believe i take away your sins and they are all taken away what you say before i pray any more before i read my bible any more before i cry over my sins any more yes this moment believe with all your heart and you are saved why christ is only waiting to get from you what you give to scores of people every day what is that confidence if these people whom you trust day by day are more worthy than christ if they are more faithful than christ if they have done more than christ ever did give them the preference but if you really think that christ is as trustworthy as they are then deal with him as fairly oh someone says in a light way i believe that christ was born in bethlehem and i believe that he died on the cross do you believe it with your head or your heart i will illustrate the difference you are in your own house in the morning you open a newspaper and you read how captain braveheart on the sea risked his life for the salvation of his passengers you say what a grand fellow he must have been his family deserves very well of the country you fold the newspaper and sit down at the table and perhaps do not think of that incident again that is historical faith but now you are on the sea and it is night and you are asleep and are awakened by the shriek of fire you rush out on the deck you hear amid the ringing of the hands and the fainting the cries no hope we are lost we are lost 
the sail puts out its wings of fire the ropes make a burning ladder in the night heavens the spirit of wreck hisses in the waves and on the hurricane deck shakes out its banner of smoke and darkness down with the lifeboats cries the captain down with the lifeboats people rush into them the boats are about full room only for one more man you are standing on the deck beside the captain who shall it be you or the captain the captain says you you jump and are saved he stands there and dies now you believe that captain braveheart sacrificed himself for his passengers but you believe it with love with tears with hot and long continued exclamations with grief at his loss and with joy at your deliverance that is saving faith in other words what you believe with all the heart and believe in regard to yourself on this hinge turns my sermon i the salvation of your immortal soul you often go across a bridge you know nothing about you do not know who built the bridge you do not know what material it is made of but you come to it and you walk over it and ask no questions and here is an arched bridge blasted from the rock of ages and built by the architect of the whole universe spanning the dark gulf between sin and righteousness and all god asks you is to walk across it and you start and you come to it and you go a little way on and you stop and you fall back and experiment you say how do i know that bridge will hold me instead of marching on with firm step asking no questions but feeling that the strength of the eternal god is under you oh was there ever a prize offered so cheap as pardon and heaven are offered to you for how much a million dollars it is certainly worth more than that but cheaper than that you can have it ten thousand dollars less than that five thousand dollars less than that one dollar less than that one farthing less than that without money and without price no money to pay no journey to take no penance to suffer only just one decisive action of the soul believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved shall i try to tell you what it is to be saved i cannot tell you no man no angel can tell you but i can hint at it for my text brings me up to this point thou shalt be saved it means a happy life here and a peaceful death and a blissful eternity it is a grand thing to go to sleep at night and to get up in the morning and to do business all day feeling that all is right between my heart and god no accident no sickness no persecution no peril no sword can do me any permanent damage i am a forgiven child of god and he is bound to see me through he has sworn he will see me through the mountains may depart the earth may burn the light of the stars may be blown out by the blast of the judgment hurricane but life and death things present and things to come are mine yea farther than that it means a peaceful death mrs hemans mrs sigourney dr young and almost all the poets have said handsome things about death there is nothing beautiful about it 
when we stand by the white and rigid features of those whom we love and they give no answering pressure of the hand and no returning kiss of the lip we do not want anybody poetizing around about us death is loathsomeness and midnight and the ringing of the heart until the tendrils snap and curl in the torture unless christ be with us i confess to you an infinite fear a consuming horror of death unless christ shall be with me i would rather go down into a cave of wild beasts or a jungle of reptiles than into the grave unless christ goes with me will you tell me that i am to be carried out from my bright home and put away in the darkness i cannot bear darkness at the first coming of the evening i must have the gas lit and the further on in life i get the more i like to have my friends around about me and am i to be put off for thousands of years in a dark place with no one to speak to when the holidays come and the gifts are distributed shall i add no joy to the merry christmas or the happy new year ah do not point down to the hole in the ground the grave and call it a beautiful place unless there be some supernatural illumination i shudder back from it my whole nature revolts at it but now this glorious lamp is lifted above the grave and all the darkness is gone and the way is clear i look into it now without a single shudder now my anxiety is not about death my anxiety is that i may live aright for i know that if my life is consistent when i come to the last hour and this voice is silent and these eyes are closed and these hands with which i beg for your eternal salvation to-day are folded over the still heart that then i shall only begin to live what power is there in anything to chill me in the last hour if christ wraps around me the skirts of his own garment what darkness can fall upon my eyelids then amid the heavenly daybreak o oh, death i will not fear thee then back to thy cavern of darkness thou robber of all the earth fly thou despoiler of families with this battle-axe i hew thee in twain from helmet to sandal the voice of christ sounding all over the earth and through the heavens o oh, death i will be thy plague o grave i will be thy destruction to be saved is to wake up in the presence of christ you know when jesus was on the earth how happy he made every house he went into and when he brings us up to his house how great our glee his voice has more music in it than is to be heard in all the oratorios of eternity talk not about banks dashed with efflorescence jesus is the chief bloom of heaven we shall see the very face that beamed sympathy in bethany and take the very hand that dropped its blood from the short beam of the cross oh i want to stand in eternity with him toward that harbour i steer toward that goal i run i shall be satisfied when i awake in his likeness 
o broken-hearted men and women how sweet it will be in that good land to pour all your hardships and bereavements and losses into the loving ear of christ and then have him explain why it was best for you to be sick and why it was best for you to be widowed and why it was best for you to be persecuted and why it was best for you to be tried and have him point to an elevation proportionate to your disquietude here saying you suffered with me on earth come up now and be glorified with me in heaven someone went into a house where there had been a good deal of trouble and said to the woman there you seem to be lonely yes she said i am lonely how many in the family only myself have you had any children i had seven children where are they gone all gone all all dead all then she breathed a long sigh into the loneliness and said oh sir i have been a good mother to the grave and so there are hearts that are utterly broken down by the bereavements of life i point you to-day to the eternal balm of heaven are there any here that i am missing this morning oh you poor waiting maid your heart's sorrow poured in no human ear lonely and sad how glad you will be when christ shall disband all your sorrows and crown you queen unto god and the lamb for ever o aged men and women fed by his love and warmed by his grace for threescore years and ten will not your decrepitude change for the leap of a heart when you come to look face to face upon him whom having not seen you love oh that will be the good shepherd not out in the night and watching to keep off the wolves but with the lambs reclining on the sunlit hill that will be the captain of our salvation not amid the roar and crash and boom of battle but amid the disbanded troops keeping victorious festivity that will be the bridegroom of the church coming from afar the bride leaning upon his arm while he looks down into her face and says behold thou art fair my love behold thou art fair End of chapter twelve